the Line, Episode 29, Simone. Has that cobweb always been there? Hmm, I might have to fire the cleaner. I won't be able to sleep at night knowing there's a ruddy great big cobweb on the ceiling. Actually, why build a cobweb in here? What are you expecting to catch in here, love? I mean, I don't spend a huge amount of time in here. But last time I checked, there weren't many insects or buzzing things. Oh, this damn pain. Just, just piss off. How long have you been there, Charlotte Spider? I wasn't aware you'd been living rent-free in my bathroom. I bet your joints don't leap out of their sockets, do they? (laughs) With eight legs, you'd be screwed if they did. Oh, don't laugh, girl. Keep still. Breathe. Can you describe the pain for me, please, Simone? Yeah, sure, it hurts. Can you be more specific for me, please, Simone? Yeah, sure, it friggin' well hurts. Is that specific enough for you? It's not a number. Why do people ask me that? Why do people ask me to give it a number out of ten? It hurts, isn't that enough? If you want, I can dislocate your hip, throw you to the bathroom floor and ask you how much it hurts. Is that an eight, lovey? Or does it feel more like a seven and a half? I wear my pain with pride, you see, Charlotte. It's very noble of me, isn't it? I mean, I could be miserable. Often think I'd make a fantastic misery guts. In a way, it might be easier. Feel sad, feel sorry for myself, mope around thinking about what might have been. What might have been is such crap, isn't it? I still have fallen in love with my partner, and I'd still have zero guarantees about anything. Ugh, they can tell you how to do most things, except how to live well. Have you got kids, Charlotte? Is that what the web's for? Collecting bugs for the little ones? Be nice to have kids, eh? At least there would always be someone around to pick me up off of the floor. I'm having tests on you, see, Charlotte. Me and Martin. He's fine. It's me they're worried about. I have enough problems keeping my joints in the right place. How am I supposed to grow a person inside me and then push it out? I tried to push out a pee earlier and <laughs> look at me now. Technically, Charlotte, I could give birth. Technically, though, that sounds like a terrifying prospect. The doctor told me I shouldn't even give it another thought. I think she made her mind up the second she saw the wheelchair. But she made a decent fist out of going through the motions for a bit. So you're saying it's possible, Doctor? Simone, you'd be bedbound for the best part of two years. That's not much of a life. It's my life, Doctor. That's enough for me. But surely I'll stop you there, Doctor, if you don't mind. If I'd listened to everyone who told me I couldn't do something, then I'd still be an eight-year-old girl living at home. But I'm not. I'm here, asking you what my options are. Now, what I haven't shared is that we don't know if we want kids yet. All I'm doing is finding out what options are open to me. Now, my joints happen to have a better social life than I do. They pop out whenever they like, whereas I'm normally stuck in this chair. However, all I want is to be spoken to with the same courtesy as the next person. Unless the next person happens to be my neighbour, in which case she can sod off. 
two years bedbound does sound crap. You're right. But so is lying on the sodding bathroom floor when I'm 20 minutes late to meet Martin, who I can't warn because I forgot to bring my phone to the loo, which he is always telling me to do. Now, as it turns out, he's right, because now I have to wait for him to realise I'm in trouble and come and get me, which I hate. Not because he won't. He will. And he'll be the one apologising to me when it's totally my fault. I hate it because my own stubbornness is the bloody reason I'm here waiting to be rescued. So when I ask you what my options are, please include all of them, even if it means spending two years unable to get out of bed. Look, doctor, I know you mean well. I do, I promise. But let me ask you this. How much time did you spend studying my condition? A week? A month? A whole medical school term? Whatever it was, I've lived with this since I was 10 years old. I'm sure you are a very good doctor, but please understand, I really do know more about my condition than you do. I should be halfway into a bloody bottomless brunch by now and a bit giddy on Prosecco. Instead, I'm talking to a bloody spider. No offence, Lottie, love. You could always adopt... Do you know how many times I've heard that? Well, it's a lot. A lot, a lot, Lottie. We met with the agency a while ago. They were nice enough, until the inevitable question. How would I, you know, be able to care for a child in, you know, my condition? That always makes me feel bloody helpless. They see the chair, the stick, the blue disabled badge and the windscreen. But what they don't see is mother. Not at first, anyway. The thing is, Lottie love, the thing I think about most often is if a couple had been presented with the option of adopting me as a baby, knowing what that would mean in terms of my condition, what would they do? You have these dreams of what being a parent would be like, And most people, even though they might argue differently, would probably prioritise a kid that didn't need the same looking after as I did. Except one person felt different. One person saw a person, not a bunch of wasted dreams. Of course I think about how I might look after a child with my sodding condition. Of course I have problems. Of course I can't get up off of the floor. Whatever energy I didn't use up falling down, I've exhausted talking to you, Lottie. But what if somewhere out there there's a little girl who could really use someone like me to tell her it will all be alright? Just like my mum did when she adopted me. (laughs) Matching wheelchairs. You should see us in the shops, Lottie. If they brought back supermarket sweep, we'd clean up. Two bitches, four wheels, no contest. (laughs) There's the front door. We're in here, Martin, love. Brace yourself, girl. This is going to hurt. You say this is the end of the line. Didn't you know? Simone was played by Selena Kaur. The episode was written and directed by Mark Haywood. Casting by Sydney Aldridge. 
Music by Daisy Chute and Kerry Ann from the Herd Collective. The episode was recorded at the Sound Company in London and edited by Mitchell Harris. The End of the Line is an Ink Jockey production. It's not the end of the...